This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This week we have the source of Lady Parshas Matis Masai. All the way end of, at the end of Parshas Masai, where it continues to speak about the Yerusha Verse Yisrael and how we inherited the Perak, the Pasuk tells us in Perak Lamid Vav Pasuk Tess, that a, an inheritance should not go from one shevet to another shevet. That each shevet should keep their nachla and their shevet. And therefore, the men and women of each shevet should marry only within their shevet. Because let's say a lady from shevet Ruve would marry someone from shevet Shimon, and the person was shevet Shimon, the man would die, and they would not have children. The nachla would go to the wife. And she is from shevet Ruvain. And therefore, part of the nachla of shevet Shimon would go to shevet Ruvain. And the Torah says it shouldn't be that way. The Gemara does explain. That was only for that generation entering Eretz Yisrael. Later on, all the Shvatah were able to marry in, into each other. And then the Pasuk continues, Kasher Tziba Shemes Maishe, Kain Asu B'nai Slavchad. Maishe Rebbeinu told this to the daughters of Slavchad, and they were inheriting because there were no brothers, and therefore they did it, says the Pasuk, V'tiyena Machla, Sirtza, V'chago, Malka, Umilka, V'naya, these are the five daughters of Tzlavchad. They married their first cousins. They were from the children of Menashe, and therefore it stayed in the same Shevet. And they did what Hashem told Meshav to tell them to do. Interesting, over here Rashi points out that Here, the Bnei Slavchad are named in order of their age. Yet earlier, in Parshas Pinchas, in Perak Chavzayin, Pasig there we see that they are named, Shemais Bnei Slav, who are the daughters of Slavchad, Machla, Noya, Bechagla, Umilka, Vesirza. And there they are named in a different order. So Rashi points out that at the end of our Parsha, they are named in order of their age. Here, it's in order of their Chachma. So which one is it? Which order should we follow, their age or their chachma? So Rashi over here explains, They are all of equal importance. They're all equal importance, and therefore, sometimes it does in the order of their age, sometimes in the order of their chachma. Now, what are we meant to learn from this? Why is it so important that we should know that the daughters of Tzavchad were all equal? What else do we learn from the daughters of Tzavchad? You know, we see this concept by Moshe and Aaron, it says, Rashi tells us in the beginning of Sefer Shemay, Shkul and Kecha, they were both equal. And we explained in Shurim before, they both reached their potential. But what are we meant to learn from the Panay Slavchad? Why, of what importance are they to us that the Torah has to go out of the way to tell us that they were all equal? And the Pshad is, what do you mean they were all equal? They were humble. They had an Ibis. They were not mocked with one another. And therefore, the Swarm tell us they did not mind that their names would be moved around to teach us this concept of they were all equal. Okay, and what are we meant to learn from that? The Pshad is the Swarm tell us that this is where we're learning our halachas of nachla, of inheritance. Unfortunately, inheritance is a place where people have fights, especially by siblings. There are fights by inheritance. And therefore the terror is telling us, look at the quintessential family, these five daughters of Tzlachad. They were not all equal in intelligence and chachma and accomplishment. And yet the Torah goes out of its way to say something that's written in age order, 
Sometimes it's written in the order of the Chachma to teach us that we're not mocked with one another. And that is what we have to learn when it comes to inheritance, not to be mocked with one another. To go and to realize, not to fight. Not to have to fight by inheritance. And that's the lesson we're learning from Vinay Safad. Now this is a very high and lofty goal to aspire to. But how are we meant to do that? How are we meant to reach these levels of the Vinay Safad? And the Torah tells it to us, it's because we can reach it. So how are we supposed to do it? There's a Rav of Benebrach, Rav Yehuda Silman. Rav Yehuda Silman once recounted that he got an interesting question. There was a person, he was a uh, middle-aged person, who gets a call from an attorney. He doesn't know who it is. He gets a call from an attorney. He says, could you please come to my office? I have something very important to discuss with you. The person doesn't know who he was. And he says, please, it's for your benefit. Please come by. So they make an appointment. The fellow comes to the attorney. And the attorney says, do you know? And he mentions a certain lady. Do you know who this lady is? He says, no. He says, well, this lady knows you. And he shows her paper. He goes, she passed away, unfortunately. She passed away last week. And she left you an inheritance of 450,000 scholars. That's almost $150,000. And he looks at it and he says, I don't know who this lady is. And he's thinking, he's thinking. And then he remembered. This lady, this elderly woman, was a good friend of his mother, who also passed away many years earlier. She was a good friend of hers. And this lady never got married, so she had no children, she had no family. And she left in her will, she had money, she left it to different organizations, and she left, she left to you this 450,000 shkollum. The person was flabbergasted, he could definitely use the money, made a big difference. But he didn't really know a lot about the halachas of Yerusha, so he said, am I really supposed to get this? And the fellow looks, the attorney, a firm guy, the attorney says, of course, look, it was signed, two kosher witnesses, two kosher adam, it's yours, enjoy and the fellow felt a little uncomfortable. He says, you know what? Let me go ask my, my rob what to do. And the twin says, what, what are you, crazy? It was signed by two kosher adam, two kosher witnesses. The money's for you, 450,000 shkalim. And the person says, believe me, I can use the money, but I'm a little uncomfortable. And he talked to went to Yehuda Silman, and he asked him what to do. And Yehuda Silman says, tell me, did she do this star with the Kenyan? Was the Kenyan made? He says, I don't know. He says, go find out. So he went back to the attorney, and he asked the attorney, the attorney says, Kenyan, what Kenyan? There were two kosher Adam. They can testify that she was of sound mind. She was well when she did it. She wants you to have the money. But there was no Kenyan. He went back to Yudha Silman. Yudha Silman said, I'm uncomfortable with you taking it. If there's no Kenyan, it means it wasn't done al Alacha, And therefore, she must have relatives somewhere. No Jew doesn't have relatives. And therefore, I don't think you can take the money. The fellow went back and he told the attorney, I'm sorry, I can't take the money. Find who her relatives are. Somewhere along the line, she must have relatives, they should get it. And the attorney couldn't believe it. And he asked the person, how are you able to give up this 450,000 shkallim? Don't you need the money? And the person said, I believe that whatever I'm supposed to get, Hashem will give it to me. This is not the way Hashem wants me to get the money. If I'm supposed to get the money, I will get the money. And we all go around and in our regular daily lives, we're careful, we're careful not to take money that's not ours. And yet when it comes to Yerusha, people don't have that feeling anymore. What the terror is teaching us is we have to recognize that everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch And if we do the will of Hashem, and we have that anivas, and we are humble, we too can accomplish what the B'nai Slavkat accomplished. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.